Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. He's good to us. Uh, we start a new um, series this morning, and uh, the series uh, is titled Living Sacrifice. And so uh, we're going to get to that scripture that everybody's mind just went to, uh, that we present ourselves a living sacrifice, but um, not so much on that today. The idea for this series for us to get is that because Jesus gave his life as a sacrifice for our sins, that we are now called to sacrificial living. If if it took a sacrifice to give us this life, then this life will be a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, the way it is. And today, we're going to talk about what is sacrifice. And uh, so, if you have your Bibles, you want to turn. We're going to look at Hebrews nine. Hebrews nine and thirteen and fourteen. The writer here said, For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? So today we're going to talk about what is sacrifice. And because Jesus gave his life as a sacrifice, we must apply his blood. Mm. I don't want the sacrifice to be in vain. If he, if he shed his blood, then I want his blood on my life. Yes, we Jesus. must apply the blood to our lives today. Let's pray for the lesson now. Lord, we love you so much. Thank you for giving yourself, Lord, for the body and the blood that was given to purchase our redemption, to wash our sins away. Help us today, Lord, to consider ourselves and be that living sacrifice. Apply the blood to our lives, Lord. We want to be better. We want to be more like you, and we sure want to be ready to meet you when you come. We ask it in Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Give the Lord another hand clap and a shout, this time for the sacrifice. Aren't you thankful for the blood of Jesus? Thank God for the blood. Thankful for the blood of Jesus today. Praise the Lord. You can be seated this morning. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord today. The sacrifice. What is sacrifice? So we know that God had a plan. And so uh, when we think about the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice that he made, we can go back and uh, look through the Old Testament and see that there were sacrifices that Israel made, and each one of those sacrifices uh, mirrored the ministry of Jesus as he walked this earth. Uh, he, the writer in Hebrews said it was not the very uh, you know, image of it. It was just a shadow of what was coming, of a good thing to come. Uh, the theme through the book of Hebrews is better things. There's something better coming, you know. And so we knew there was a better sacrifice coming than what 
the writer in Hebrews wrote about. And we find Israel, as they were in bondage for 400 years in, in Egypt, beginning to cry out to God because of uh, the affliction they were under. Uh, Pharaoh and, uh, had realized that Israel was growing and they needed to try to put a stop to the growth and, and shut them down because they were afraid of Israel becoming more powerful than Egypt. And so Israel began to cry out and God heard Israel's cry and God had a plan. So God sends uh, Moses and Aaron to go and lead his people out of Egypt. He knew that they were having a hard time and he called Moses and then, uh, of course, with Aaron with him. And I'm jumping ahead. We know the story how that they went back and told Pharaoh to let my people go. He, Israel, they told Pharaoh, said, the Lord says, Israel is my son, my firstborn. He's my son. And so let him go. And then he let Pharaoh know, said, and if you don't let him go, you will find out that I will take your firstborn son. I'll take your son. But uh, Pharaoh was not impressed. He said, who is the Lord that I should obey the voice of Israel or obey his voice and let Israel go? I don't know the Lord and neither will I let Israel go. And it took 10 plagues for Pharaoh to realize that God meant business. So Jesus is our sacrifice and where does that start? Now, it was uh, through mighty power and signs that God did what he did to get Israel out of Egypt. They could never have saved themselves. 400 years proved that, that they were not going to get out of there on their own. God had done it all. But even though God gets the credit for this, the Israelites still played a role in their salvation because they had to have faith in God and his promise and then do what God said to do. So if we know that Jesus is our sacrifice, and uh, where does that start when you look in uh, the exodus of Israel from Egypt? You'll find the first sacrifice of the Passover. The first Passover protected them. Every Passover after that was a reminder of what God did. And in that Passover, we see God doing great things uh, and showing great things that Israel had no idea what was really going on. They didn't know that this was going to be a shadow of a more perfect sacrifice when God would wrap himself in flesh and walk this earth. But in Exodus chapter 12, when God gives the uh, instruction for uh, Israel, he tells them about this Passover and they are to choose a lamb. And in Exodus 12 and 3, it says they will take every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. Well, immediately, what do you think of? The lamb of God. John looked up and said, Behold the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. We know that in Revelation 13 and 8 that uh, th that lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. God always had a plan to save his people, not just out of Egypt, but from sin that would keep us out of heaven. And so he said in verse 5 that the lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. And so 
We know that Jesus was sinless. He, he, he came in the likeness of sinful flesh, but he had no faults of his own. He was a spotless lamb. And then in verse 7, it says they will take this lamb. They, of course, they will sacrifice this lamb. And then take the blood, put it on the two side posts and on the upper door post of the house wherein they shall eat it. And then uh, what does that do? Why do you do that? What difference does it make whether the blood is there or not? In verse 13 gives us the provision. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. So God was letting them know that uh, the difference will be the blood. But there will be no blood without a sacrifice. If there is no sacrifice, there is no blood. And if there is no blood, there will be no protection. Something is coming. Judgment was coming, and there had to be blood to stop them from sac- or being sacrificed losing their firstborn under that judgment. But Israel had to obey that. The provision was there, but still they had to obey it. They had lambs in their flock that were of the first year. They were male. They were outblemished. But until they take uh, God's instruction and apply it to their life, until they apply the blood to their house, they're not safe knowing what to do, and actually doing what God said to whole different things. We've got to have the blood applied to our life today. It's not simply enough to know that Jesus shed his blood. We must have the blood of Jesus on our life. He died for a reason. He, if he could have done it some other way, he would have. And we wouldn't have to worry about the blood. But he said, blood is necessary for this to happen. We must apply the blood to our life. It's amazing to me that this, uh, I just, when you study and you see the, the shadows, you know, when, a lot of times it talks about it being a shadow of things to come. In the shadows, things are not always real clear, but you get a glimpse. And I was thinking about how uh, that this blood would uh, protect Israel's firstborn. And I just began to think about how we are born. That which is born of flesh is flesh. We're born, you know, into this world, but then we must be born again. My firstborn is what was born in the flesh. And if I don't apply the blood, this firstborn is going to be lost for eternity. Yeah, just like they had to apply the blood to protect their firstborn, we're going to have to apply the blood, and we get the blood applied when we're born again. And so I'm glad that I've had the blood applied to my life. We need to to do that. Jesus is our sacrifice. And this Passover, this very first Passover, was just uh, an image, a shadow of, of something that was coming. The Passover foreshadowed Jesus' ministry, and uh, he's directly connected all through the New Testament with the Passover. Uh, Even he said uh, as they had their last supper, he took that cup and he said, uh, drink this cup. It is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. My blood will be shed 
for many, this Lamb of God. Paul said, uh, for even Christ, our Passover, even called him our Passover. He, he's our Passover. We don't have to celebrate coming out of Egypt like Israel does with a celebration every year. Uh, they do that in remembrance of how God delivered their people. But we do it every time we take the Lord's Supper, when we take communion, when we uh, partake of the, the, the juice and when we take the, the bread and we break that, we remember the body and the blood that was sacrificed to get us where we are today. And so Christ is our Passover sacrificed for us. So Paul said, therefore, let us keep the feast. And so we're, we, we keep that when we do the Lord's Supper. And uh, I want to make sure that I never forget or take for granted the body and the blood that got me here. It took a sacrifice. Anytime you think of sacrifice, that's, that's something, you're losing something somewhere. In this, in this case, it's you lose your life. Jesus gave his life for us. A lamb in Israel's day would give its life so that blood could be on the door to spare them from the judgment of God that was coming. And so uh, when we uh, celebrate, we're actually celebrating a greater exodus that Christ, he freed us from slavery of sin. I'm glad today that Jesus made a way to get out of sin. Old Testament sacrifices were expressions of God's grace given to maintain God's relationship with his people. But it was only a shadow of something better, better things to come. They were inadequate in themselves and they were to be offered only until the greater sacrifice of Christ came to pass, until it could be accomplished. That's why Hebrews 10 and 4 said, For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away our sin. Only human blood from a human who had no sin could do that. It's only the precious blood of Jesus. John wrote that it is the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all sin. And so the Old Testament sacrifices were necessary so Israel could maintain a proper relationship with God under the Old Covenant, but they could not compare to the power and effect of the blood of Jesus Christ in the New Covenant. And that's why our opening scripture said, for if the blood uh, of bulls and goats, let me get over here, uh, and the ashes of the heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies to the purifying of the flesh, then how much more shall the blood of Christ, this spotless Lamb of God, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So we understand that the blood of bulls and goats would not purge them or clear them from sin in a way that it clears their conscience or, or wipes the slate clean with God. Uh, it did not have the power to truly forgive them or to remit their sins, uh, but it had the power uh, to cleanse them for ceremonial issue where they could continue to worship God because if not, they were unclean. If they didn't offer their sacrifice, they were unclean and they had to dwell without the camp. They could not come into the tabernacle. They could not offer to God if they were unclean. They had to have these burnt offerings and this blood of bulls and goats so that they could actually be clean ceremonially so that they could worship God uh, with the rest of Israel. But uh, the, the blood of Jesus, uh, it does forgive. And it does deliver, and it does wash, and it also purges our conscience. Thank God for the blood. 
Aren't you thankful for the blood of Jesus today that it does a complete work? That the old man has passed away and all things become new. That uh, once the blood of Jesus is applied, you know, we, I tell people that often when they come out of that water, and I was like, you understand now that everything that was going on in your life prior to this baptism is washed away. It is for the remission of sins past, and God has washed you. Right at this point, they are white as snow. They're white as snow. Has anybody, do you remember, or did you, did you feel anything when you were baptized? I hope you did. I remember when I was baptized and when I came out of that water, I remember what it felt like, not just because it was cold. It was cold. But it wasn't that. It was something that I felt inside. It was something that I felt different. It was something new. The old things were passed away, and now all things were made new. It was like I was newborn or I was born again, and it was time to start walking in the newness of life. It was the blood of Jesus that did that. I had to have the blood of Jesus. And just as Israel had to have the blood applied to their homes so they could escape judgment. We must apply the blood of the Lamb of God to our lives if we want to be free from the slavery of sin and escape God's final judgment. We cannot be found uh, without that blood on our life in that day. We have to have the blood of Jesus. If we don't, uh, what was it for? To, to, to have heard Moses' instructions from the Lord. This is what you'll do. Take that lamb, sacrifice it, put that blood. It will protect you. I don't know that anybody didn't do it, but what if they didn't? It would have been sad to hear that cry going up in Israel because Israel could hear that cry going up in Egypt as people begin to wake up and find their firstborn dead, even from Pharaoh's palace as his firstborn son died and people began to realize what had happened. They were just, get out of here. Get out of Egypt. Just rushing them out. Uh, Pharaoh told him, to take your people and get out of here. Take God's firstborn and get them out of here. Israel is God's firstborn son, he said. And so uh, they realized it took Pharaoh all that time, 10 plagues and a final terrible judgment for him to realize that God's real. And God's going to do what he said. But it also showed Israel the importance of the blood. They may not have realized what it would mean uh, and, and what was coming. But, but we know today by looking back and seeing that, we realize the importance of the blood of Jesus over our lives. We have to have the blood of Jesus. His shed blood and our faith in him provides the way for us to be saved. There is nothing else that can do it. You will not be spared without the blood. You could dwell in the house in that day. You could have stayed inside and not stuck your head out the door, but you would have died or you would have lost your firstborn. If you were the firstborn, you would have died. But if you had a firstborn, you'd have lost that child because you did not have the blood. It makes a difference. It puts a distinction between us and the world, just like it put a distinction between Israel and Egypt. We must have the blood of Jesus on our lives. Aren't you thankful for the blood today. I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus. And so uh, what does that, but uh, this is the question we get. So, so what does that mean to have it applied? Because a lot of people say, well, it just means you believe that Jesus shed his blood and now it's applied to you. 
but that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible doesn't teach that we can just say I believe in it and it's applied to me. We have to see what the blood does to understand how to apply it. That's, that's, That's the formula. When you understand what the blood of Jesus does, then you will know how to apply it. I'm going, to, I'm going to talk about that, these scriptures. But I, I want to go back and, and tell you about Moses, something he, that he did. Hebrews 9 and 19 says, For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats with water. If you remember that, he took the blood with water and scarlet wool and hyssop sprinkled the book and all the people. And he said, this is the blood of the Testament. It wasn't the blood of the New Testament. That was coming. But this was the blood of the Old Testament. It was the blood of the Testament. It was blood and it was water. It was blood and it was water. You got to remember that it was blood and it was water. So we know that we must have uh, the blood on our lives. How do I get the blood on my life. Well, what is blood for? Uh, Hebrews 9 and 22. I think I may have given you that scripture, sis. I didn't give you that. That's all right. I've got it right here. Uh, It says, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood there is no remission. So the blood is for remission. So now that I know what the blood is for, how do I get it applied? Because Jesus told us about remission. So let's think about this. We've got to have the blood of Jesus because we need remission of sins in our life. We've got to have it. And so in uh, Luke chapter 24 and verse 47, Jesus gives commands to his disciples. And he says that, uh, did I give you, I didn't give you that scripture either. There we go. He said that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. So he wanted his disciples now that they're on a mission. I'm not here. I'm gone. Here's what you're going to do. Preach repentance, which is turning away uh, from the old works, but then remission of sin should be preached in his name. Well, Jesus said in Mark 16 and 16, he that believeth, and is baptized, that's water, shall be saved. So Jesus said, preach repentance and remission of sins. Because what do you need for remission? You need blood. How do I get the blood applied to my life? Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, or goes into that water, shall be saved water and blood. So we've got that. Acts 4 and 12 said, there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So if baptism in water is going to save me, then there has to be blood there because only blood can take away my sin, which condemns me. And so, but then I've got to be baptized right, and there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So I must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ because he's the Lamb of God, and it's only the blood of Jesus that can wash away my sin. And so if it's only the blood of Jesus that can wash away my sin and I have to have it applied, what's the blood for? It's for remission. Well, how do I get remission? You get remission of sins like this. Acts 2.38 says, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. 
That's why you're baptized in his name because he's the lamb of God and it takes blood, his blood for remission. That's why we're not baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost because that's not a name. That's not a name. The one who died, the one who shed his blood is the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. But God did not die and the Holy Ghost did not die. But the body, the, 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 that body that was prepared for the sacrifice, it died. And the one who died was God manifest in the flesh. It took the blood of Jesus. So if the blood is for remission, how do I get remission? Through baptism in his name. That's water. That's where the blood's applied. When we baptize people in the name of Jesus Christ, that's why they come out of the water with their sins remitted because the blood is in the water by faith in what he did. Hang on. In 1 John chapter 5, when John was writing of Jesus, he said, this is he that came by water and blood. Water and blood. This is he who came by water and blood. Even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. There's something else in that water. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness because the Spirit is truth. But look, we say in verse, I didn't give you this one, I don't think, in verse 8, he said, There are three that bear witness in the earth the Spirit and the water and the blood. The water and the blood was the Old Testament, the Old, the old Covenant, but the water and blood of Jesus Christ today, that is the New Covenant. That's the New Testament. That's why I say when, uh, just like the first Adam had a bride taken out of his side, when Jesus was on the cross and it was done, when he had offered up that sacrifice and there was no more breath left in his body, they, they pierced his side and out of his side came water and blood. And that's where the bride is born. Come on, because the bride is going to be washed in his blood. The bride is going to be covered in his blood. The, the bride is going to be spotless. And what makes us spotless? It is the blood. And so we know that the washing, the water, being born of water and of the spirit. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus today. I'm thankful. And so I must have it applied. That's to this We've got a baptism scheduled for after service today, and I just can't wait. This young lady's already been filled with the Holy Ghost, and she's going to be baptized in Jesus' name, and those sins are going to be remitted. And let me tell you, she'll be ready for heaven. I'm so thankful today that the blood of Jesus still works. Praise God. It takes the blood. We've got to have it. I just want to believe. Well, if you believe, you'll get baptized. Well, Jesus was often a choice. No, he didn't. It didn't. That wasn't a choice. He that believeth or is baptized, that's a choice. He that believeth and is baptized is following a commandment. Hey, why would you get baptized if you didn't believe? Why, why would you get baptized if it, uh, then you, you know what? Then you are just wet. Yeah, there's no, you got to have, it's got to be by faith. In Acts chapter Eight. Uh, Philip is instructed to go catch this eunuch who is going across the desert and he's reading uh, the book of Isaiah and he's reading about Jesus, but he doesn't know he's reading about Jesus. 
And it says, Philip opens his mouth and begins at the same scripture, and he preached unto him Jesus. Now, I don't know how long they rode and how much preaching was done, but he preached to him Jesus. They didn't talk about anything else, preached Jesus. If they talked about anything else, it ain't recorded because the only thing that's important is Jesus. Can I tell you that that's all we need to be worrying about preaching is Jesus? Paul said, I am determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. They wasn't talking about the, uh, the culture of the day. They wasn't talking about uh, anything else, uh, any other kind of scientific nonsense. What they was talking about was Jesus. And so he said, he preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they come to a certain water. And the eunuch, not Philip, the eunuch after being preached to. How faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. How can they hear without a preacher? This eunuch had a preacher and he preached Jesus. And now he has faith. And when he sees water, hey, here's water. Now you would think, well, anybody in the desert is looking for water. But he said, not for me to drink. He said, what is hindering me from being baptized? Now, where did he hear about baptism? He had to hear it from Philip. And what did Philip preach? Jesus. So all these people say, you don't have to be baptized, just believe in Jesus. It ain't Bible. It don't line up with the examples in the Bible. It don't have nothing to do with the Bible. If, you, if somebody is preaching to you about Jesus, they ought to be telling you to be baptized in his name. Because it ain't enough. What a shame to simply tell somebody about the way and then not show them the way. So he says, I have been preached to. I have believed what you said. And somewhere in there, in preaching all that, he told him about the blood and how it was applied through water and baptism in his name because he had already watched 3,000 people added to the church after they were baptized in Jesus' name. He knew what it took. He preaches that. The unit's like, let's hit the brakes, man. What's hindering me? Here's water. And Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart. See, I got nothing wrong with people believing, but you got to obey. But if nobody's telling them what to obey, they don't know to obey. They think that believing is obedience. Well, you can believe the speed limit is 55. I don't mean you got to obey it. And you can believe that Jesus was the Lamb of God, but that don't mean you're going to obey the gospel. He said, here's the, here's the water. What's hindering me? He said, here's the check right here. Do you believe? He just double-checked him. Do you believe what I have told you? If you do believe it with all of your heart, you can. You can be baptized. He said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You got to tell them about the sacrifice. He is our sacrifice. And he told that this man, I don't know what exactly the word for word how he said it, but I know that he told him because he was explaining to him what Isaiah said. He was like a sheep to the slaughter, like a lamb done before his shearer, and he opened not his mouth. He, he preached to him the prophecy that Isaiah gave, and then he revealed it and let him know, I have seen this lamb with my eyes. I saw him die on the cross. Uh, I saw the blood and water come out of his side. I, I, I witnessed this. And then I witnessed when he poured his spirit out on all flesh. And we began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave uh, utterance uh, or the spirit bore witness 
of what we had witnessed. And then Peter preached for all these people to repent and be baptized in his name. I don't know how he told him what he told him, but I do know that the unit came to one conclusion. I must be baptized after I have heard about Jesus Christ. And if people are like, what's, you know, it's funny that some Christians will say, what's baptism? Because it's not preached. But anyone who is going to preach the gospel can only preach the gospel that Jesus gave. And he said, preach repentance and remission of sin. He didn't, he, he didn't just preach, hey, uh, believe John 3.16. He knew all that would come if he was telling them about repentance, remission of sins in his name. He knew all that would come, that he would be the son of God. The eunuch had no problem with believing Christ, never seen him, never laid eyes on him. Heard a revelation that... A, from a preacher, that from some scriptures he was reading from a prophet who had been long dead. He didn't, he didn't read John 3.16. He didn't read Romans. Paul wasn't even preaching yet. He didn't read any of that stuff. He found out about baptism in Jesus' name out of Isaiah because somebody revealed what it was. And he said, I believe. And they stopped the chariot. Went, they stood, both went down in the water and Philip baptized him. And people said, well, they don't say he baptized him in Jesus' name. I that's a, well, that's grasping at straws. Well, in every other instance in the Acts, you'll see that they were baptized in the name of the Lord. And why the, would the name, he preached to him, Jesus, I believe in Jesus. Who you th whose name do you think he baptized him in? He baptized him in the name of Jesus. And this uh, unit just went on his way, rejoicing, because I believe he felt something different too. I want to be uh, so thankful for the blood, and I want to continue being thankful for the blood. I, I have been baptized uh, years ago. I was baptized again in the Jordan River because there was no way I was going to Israel and not getting baptized in that water, and it was, uh, it was for me. But I tell you what, it, it still felt, boy, just knowing that I was in that same water uh, where John had been baptizing and where Jesus, who knows, I don't know, wouldn't have been something if he was right in the same spot where Jesus got baptized in. I don't, I don't know, but hey, uh, a, a guy can dream, hey. You know, it's just, you know I, I was thinking about it, but it's just incredible. And so I'm thankful today that, that something actually happens. And see, that's what, uh, this eunuch knew there's water if it was a choice he could just say I'm going to stop and fill my canteen up and then we'll be on the way but he said it's not even a, 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 a choice he said there's no question about it here's water what's stopping me from getting baptized he was basically saying is there anything else I need to do uh, before I well no because I remember Jesus saying he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved so come on, do you believe? I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Let's go. Let's get in the water. And took him down and baptized him, and the blood was applied to his life. Do not let people talk you out of Scripture. You can't do anything, the Scripture. You can't do anything against the truth, it's but for the truth. You can't, you can't change 
what the Bible says. You can say, well, that's not what it means. Well, I can look at, like, let's go to that speed limit sign again. You know how fast you were going, son? 75. You know the speed limit's posted 55. I know. But I believe it means 75. Well, you just ponder that while I write this ticket down. Because <laughs> if you believe anything other than what's posted, you're going to pay the price. If you believe anything other than what's posted, you're going to pay the price. Why not just obey? The, and that's, a, that's the other thing that gets me. How do you cleave so tight to this, but then say, I'm only going to do what I want to do out of it? I ain't got to be baptized in Jesus' name. Why wouldn't you be baptized in Jesus' name? If you're that hung up on tradition, well, let's just go back to the tradition of the first church. Because if it was good enough for the first century church, it's good enough for the church today. Because the blood shall never lose its power. Why would you not want to be baptized in his name? Why would you fight that? So I want to be, uh, Paul said this in Romans 5 and 9, that now being justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. When you're justified, it's like it never happened. Such were some of you, but now you're washed. And if you do the word study on those things, you'll find that, he, that he's talking about immersed, baptism, washing, uh, to cover a body fully is what the word means. So that you're washed, you're sanctified, you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name. You know, they, it was never anywhere else. When Jesus said that in Matthew 28, 19, he wasn't trying to confuse nobody. These people, he opened their understanding and gave them knowledge before he left. Peter already had the revelation of who he was. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Well, God in Christ reconciled the world unto himself. If it was two persons doing the work, it'd be to themselves, but it was God reconciling the world unto himself. It was his name that was revealed to all people. And so Jesus is our sacrifice, and it takes his blood we must have his blood applied to our life. We should be a sacrifice. Paul said it in Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. But can I tell you today that we're not going to be holy without the blood. A lot of people say, well, you've got to have the Holy Ghost to be holy. Absolutely. But you'll never be, if, it, if it's unclean, it, it can't be holy. It takes the blood to cleanse us and make us holy and acceptable unto God. It's our reasonable service. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you can prove what is the good, acceptable, perfect will of God. Now the world will try to tell you, hey, about five minutes. The world will try to tell you that when you sacrifice yourself for the Lord that you're going to miss out. Oh, man, you're going to try to live for the Lord. You're just going, you're going to be able to do nothing. Oh, you Pentecostal? Oh, man, y'all can't even breathe fresh air. You know, that's like uh, y'all got so many restrictions. Well, you can look at it however you want to look at it. You know, that's, that's up to the individual. But let me tell you something. I'm going to make it home. And I ain't 
sacrificed anything that I have missed. I have not laid anything down that I thought, boy, I wish I could have that back. For his name, for his blood, to know that I'm going to hear him say, well done. I'd, I'd sell it all to make sure that I made it there. The Lamb of God tells us that when we take up the cross and follow him, we will lose our life, but if we lose our life, we'll save it. But if you try to save your life, then you lose it. You try to hang on to things. It's like, that's just like going down in the water and leaving one hand out. I don't want this to get wet. Oh, I could preach on that for a little while. People digging in their pockets before they go down. Wait, don't get this. When I come up, let this still be here. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, that's why you see something. I've done it too. If I baptize you and see that, see that arm don't go all the way down, we're we fixing to go down again. It, if you, some people try to hold the head real tight, and, that, and, I, and I just have to find a push their forehead on there. Like, because you were going all the way under. <laughs> that's, that's just how... Don't, we ain't leaving no foot out, no nothing. You going under. Hey, if you're going to bury something, you, you don't want to be walking out in the cemetery and seeing a hand sticking up out of it. So we're going we're gonna to make sure everything's going under. It's going down. Praise God. Stand with me, honey. Come on to the music. It's not just enough to know about it. You've got to have it applied. Jesus told a parable about the king that prepared a great feast and he invited all these people and well they wouldn't come. It upset him. So go get just call anybody, get them all, get them to come in. And so the the of course the kingdom filled up the feast. It was a wedding feast. It fills up while the king's looking at all the guests. Now if you've never studied this, you'll find out that when they had things like this, the king would actually provide a garment for the guest. Well, he sees a guy without a wedding garment. Hey, how'd you get here? How'd you get in here without a wedding garment? And the guy don't know what to say. He has no answer. So they bind him up and cast him out. Of course, we know it's just the parable is relating to the kingdom of heaven. And what he's saying is the guy could have he was called but he didn't take what was provided and so it didn't matter where he found himself he was cast out because he didn't take what was provided the king had that robe for him the Bible says we have that robe of righteousness that God has given us you know it's a a, and we keep our garments white and spotless and so we, we understand the comparison there but This man was in the right place. He was in the wedding hall. He was with other people that had the wedding garment on. But it don't rub off on you. You've got to have it for yourself. He was not covered. I want to be covered. On that first Passover, just being in the house was not enough. The house had to be covered by the blood. Just attending church is not enough. To be in church is not the same thing as to be in Christ. The Bible says we are baptized 
into Christ. That's where the blood, we must be covered by his blood. So until that Lamb of God comes back to get us, until that King of glory comes back to get us, let's apply the blood. Let's make sure that we are applying the blood, telling people about the blood. I don't think, well, I don't want to overload people sometimes, but, but you know what? You may never get the opportunity to finish. Tell them. Yeah. Philip made sure he told this guy enough so he could obey the plan of salvation if he was ready for it. Tell people what the plan of salvation is. If they don't want to do that, at least you told them. But tell them, don't just say, hey, Jesus loves you. That's good. He does love them. But do you know he died for you? Do you know that to be saved, you must repent, be baptized in his name, and be filled with the Holy Ghost? Do you know that? Well, I don't believe that. Well, it's in the Bible. I just want to make sure I told you. Look it up, Acts 2.38, John 3. Uh, three through five. Look that up. See what you think about that. Tell them something besides. Uh, and don't get me wrong. I'm not. I, I love all scripture, but please tell them something else besides John three sixteen. Please, please tell them what he did. Please tell. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son. If nobody knows anything about the Bible, they don't have no idea what's that mean. He gave him to be the sacrifice for our sins, and they whipped him and beat him and nailed him to a cross and he died on that cross so you and I could live. He just, well, he's saying, well, he gave him a good leader. He gave him a friend. He gave, they don't know what he gave until you tell them he gave a sacrifice for our sins. Let's lift our hands and pray this morning. Thank you, God. Oh, for that sacrifice. For the blood that washes whiter than snow. Tonight, Lord, or today, we praise you for it. Lord, let us apply the blood. Let us apply the blood. Let us be baptized in your name, filled with your spirit. Let us not cease telling people about the gospel. Oh, God, we praise you. We thank you for the plan that you had from the foundation of the world, that that lamb would be slain that that blood would be shed, that that blood would be applied to our lives. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Sing that one time. Let's sing it together. Oh, how precious is the flow. Washes whiter than snow. Thankful for the blood. Let's give the Lord a hand and shout of praise. Hallelujah.
Thankful for the blood of Jesus today. Thankful for the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Praise God. All right, let's get ready for the next service. Find a place to pray and let's get ready to see God do some great things. We're going we're gonna to worship. We're going to preach. We're going to baptize at least one in Jesus' name today. So let's believe God to do some great things. Amen. God bless you.